music was a little loud there in my ear bobs. Yeah, it turn was it loud. off. Welcome. Thanks. To the show. Thank you. Yeah, just you. <laughs> just you're the only one I'm welcoming. No, welcome everybody to the show, the Terror Talk Show. Today on the show, we are talking about the psychology of slasher films, and this was chosen specifically for Dr. Barrett because slasher films are her favorite. I mean, I love all horror, I but know. slasher films were the introduction to horror for me. We all have our favorite genres. And they're fun. I think one of the reasons I like them so much is because they're still close enough-ish to reality, mm-hmm. but they're not so close to reality that you can't put one on and just like unwind. So for example, I don't put Saw on to unwind, Mm-mm. but too, I'll put Halloween on. Real. <laughs> yeah, but I'll put Halloween on. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's different. And we're going to talk a little bit about this, right? I'm not just going to talk about my personal feelings. No? No. I like slashers too. I don't like them as much as you though. So I'm interested in learning about them. And I know that later you're going to tell us some of your favorites. And I'm wondering if they jive with mine or if they jive with the audiences. Because I think there's so many... There's so many contemporary slashers now because mm-hmm. I know you're going to go into the origins of it and everything, and and then we're all we're all as horror fans we're very familiar with sort of 70s and 80s and what happened there right. and how we went slasher tastic. But I'm just interested in in how it all lines up. But I also know, I also know that you have some. Some very loud grunge roots there. Are, are we going to start with the the questions why don't we do some facts okay yeah and then because you, you're going to get into a whole it's going to be a whole slasher thing and i don't want to interrupt you okay. when you're doing all that number one. Oh boy this horror actor horror not horror actor although they might have been a horror was <laughs> oh also a broadway star when he hit the silver screen mm-hmm he could not escape his most famous role. He passed away in 1992. Aw. Okay. Number two. Which famous horror actor was associated with best-selling author Stephen King, who contributed to the success of his acting career by promoting his films on social media? So it's an actor that's like somehow associated to King. Yeah. And, and that King, King supported so much that he did social media. It, stuff. Help, it helped Got it. boost this guy. Got it. Number three. The Glasgow smile is the term assigned to wounds that are the result of two cuts connecting someone's uh, ears to the corners of their mouth. Dubbed this term because of its prevalent use among Scottish gangs in the 1920s and 30s. Which famous unsolved case made the mark infamous? Mm. Okay. Number four. Hmm. If a human body is fed to the pigs. Okay, saw. They will devour everything but what? Oh, God. Uh. I'm thinking of Saw. I'm also thinking of the Silence of the Lamb sequel. <laughs> okay. And number five, Dick Smith, 
the Oscar-winning makeup artist for The Exorcist, mentored this horror director. Oh. Well, that's kind of cool. Thank you so much for that. You're so fucking welcome. <laughs> um, the slasher, which I will describe to you what that is in a moment, Shannon. Oh, God, I can't wait. But mm-hmm. we were just talking, you just said a moment ago, so I just wanted to maybe categorize this a little bit. All right. Um, people usually think of the 70s and 80s because in the States, in the United States of America, to be specific, that's when we really started to, that's when they blew up. Yeah, for America, that's what we remember. Yeah. But this, there's actually a slasher canon that can be divided into three eras. Okay. So the classical, which is what we were talking about, which goes from 1974 to 1993. And then we have the the self-referential from 1994 to 2000. And then the neo-slasher cycle from 2000. Uh, this only goes up to 2013. So we're in a new one now. We just haven't been named yet. I believe so. <laughs> so, and it makes sense because if you look at the different um, tropes and messages and all of that, it does change. And the way even gender is represented in the slasher film changes. So they've undergone a lot of uh, different changes since their inception. <laughs> I bet. Yes. What is a slasher? What is a slasher film? The slasher film is a <laughs> horror subgenre that meets certain criteria, right? Yeah. We need an effective killer. We usually have a pretty fucking high body count. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, there's a few exceptions to this. We have non-firearm weapons. Right. B- machetes and things. Poison, machetes, well, that's why when in the most recent scream they started using a gun, I was like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> what? Stop it! What is this? You're breaking rules here. Well, maybe they're there the next rules. cannon. There are rules. Well, there are, and <laughs> Jamie Kennedy makes us understand that in Scream. There mm-hmm. are rules. Okay, so these criteria can sometimes be open to interpretation or debate, <laughs> but those are our basic requirements. So, if we had to look at a formula. Slasher films adhere to a, um, most often what we'll see is like a past wrongful action, which causes severe trauma that is reinforced by either a commemoration or anniversary that then reactivates or re-inspires the killer. So if you watch any slasher that you can think of, what we know is the killer in some ways has either physically or metaphorically arisen after a period of time. And oftentimes it's because they were either wronged or traumatized in a way that they are now coming back for their revenge. Mm-hmm. That isn't the case in most every other sh- uh, uh, horror genre, right? So right. it is this, it's a revenge. Right. So where, do, where did all this start? Yeah. We're always kind of looking for motive. In slashers, yeah. right? Like, yeah. all right. So as a as a watcher, I'm always like, okay, so how's he killing them, and why is he killing them, and what are we looking for, and what's this guy's trauma? <laughs> well, right. And <laughs> who through, hurt you? And through the that that process of you know deduction, yeah. um, that's that's the fun of it for me. Well, and one of the things I love about slasher films is it's a puzzle. Yeah. Right. So it's one of the only 
I don't like watching a movie when someone's like, okay, this is what's happening. Uh-huh. Just, let me just watch it. Let me just, let me just be in this moment. Yeah. And, <laughs> and suspension of disbelief. I want to feel like I'm in it. I don't want to try to guess it in, a, in the majority of movies. Yeah. Yeah. But something I do love about the slasher is that it's inten- it's an intentional puzzle with a bunch of red herrings that you are sitting there trying to mm-hmm. kind of check boxes off like the game of Clue. Yep. Right? So I think that's cool. And I think that's why when people watch horror together, that that is why some people will want to try to guess it or mm-hmm. some people will want to sort of say like, well, didn't she do this earlier? And so that must mean that like you're you're wanting to share the puzzle with others. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why they do it because we're all trying to figure out the puzzle. Well, and one of the things that we know we've talked about, and we're going to talk about psychology of horror later in the season, but we know that one of the reasons why horror films are so great for mood and dopamine and all that stuff is the paired association that we have between watching that movie and then having that conversation with our friends, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of movies people will talk about together, but horror really, ha- there's a there's a community discussion about it after. Who was afraid? Who did they think it was? Yeah. That's very different from, how did you feel about Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> yeah, that's very right? different. It's different. What came up for you? What came up for you? <laughs> so the, the origin, for those of us born in America or lived here most of our lives, especially if you're at a certain age where slashers were a big part of your horror experience, we assume or many people assume that the origin of slasher is actually us. And I would say that there's a subtle truth to that, which we certainly took. We are a derivative of a larger, we are a subgenre of a larger genre that actually started and had its roots in either German uh, films, crime films and Italian gialli. And when I started to get more into the history of slasher, that's really when I found Giallo. And I started, and I know there's a, sure. a fun joke that we have because I love said Giallo. Yeah. Um, but sorry for the yelling. As a, as a slasher fan, it was really interesting to go back and watch some of these. And one of them is actually on my top five. Great. So it was people found an appeal of watching others inflict violence upon each other. And this dates back thousands of years to ancient Rome, though fictionalized accounts become marketable with late 19th century horror plays produce a number of folks. And then you have what is known to be, and there is some debate around this, but known to be the first deemed slasher in America would be um, John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. Right. And some people will argue that there are slashers that came out before that. I do have some on my list as well. I'm sure. But for most people, they'll say, okay, this is when we said this is now a genre. Yeah. Okay. So I also want to make sure that we don't forget to mention Carol Clover, who wrote the book Men, Women, and Chainsaws. And she wrote this decades ago. Uh, it was, She was really ahead of her time. And she she's the one who coined the term final girl. And this was a really influential study of gender in the horror film because one of the things that is especially with that first canon of 1974 to 1993 horror was made for young males Mm -hmm. right because early giallo and slasher the vantage point the camera was the killer and the killer was actually the center of the film so not to say that only all males are killers, but 
males tend to be more labeled as the predator in many of these situations. And it was written as, a, I don't know, an outlet for males. Well, and the Halloween, the famous POV shots that are, That's right. you know, it's yeah. like... Yeah, and so you have... Um, from the killer's perspective. From the killer's perspective, and then women were highly sexualized, objectified, killed in really, really uh, humiliating ways. Mm-hmm. When you go back and you watch a lot of the 1970s torture porn and then some of the early 1980s, the way that women were used in horror was very different than what we see now. And so her commentary on that is really interesting. So if you haven't read the book, Men, Women, and Chainsaws, it's it's really great. And she will go into a lot of like the I spit on your grave and mm-hmm. when women start to have these revenge fantasies. The tactics that are oftentimes involved are stalking, torturing, and then bludgeoning. So this is someone who stalks their prey they capture them, they torture them, and then they bludgeon them in some way that's typically not a gun. It's very Ted Bundy. It's very Ted Bundy. So, yes, the the predator was oftentimes a male because at this point in the genre, you needed a level of physicality to overtake your victim. Yeah. Slashers ends up changing drastically. And now we know that, you know, with movies like Scream and things, we have more than one predator, Oftentimes, yeah. right? There's more than one killer, which now when you watch horror films, you go, is there more than one? Yeah. And I think Scream's really what did that. It did. Yeah. Because now that's always planted in my mind when I, I'm like, is this person doing this solo? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we just watched uh, Totally Killer. Yeah. Which, you know, puts we that We were all question. asking that question yeah, the whole time. Person? So that really didn't start till Scream. Um, so where do we get into the psychology of why I think this specific genre um does things to people psychologically slashers actually build tension but mostly through atmosphere and suggestion there are movies like saw and some of these body horror movies that it's it's very in your face and you could say that slashers there's a lot of blood and things like that but honestly what really builds the tension in slasher is not the gore right it's really the camera angle the music or the silence, the atmosphere, and then the atmosphere and suggestion that the victim is being exploited and thereby you as the viewer are being exploited as well. So there's a parallel experience happening there that I think you now lean into when you watch it, imagining yourself as victim. So this is a very different stance than the male audience that might be identifying as the perpetrator there are different ways and different reasons we watch slashers. Obviously, we know that more women watch it from the viewpoint of being the victim. But again, in modern slasher, that is changing because we're having genders of all kind Absolutely. as the killer. But that was not the case in the origin. No. So it really brought up different feelings for people. And they've done studies on, you know, when you watch a horror film, who do you feel most aligned with? And, mm-hmm. you know, they do that, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a huge focus on physical violence. And, and the other part of that is they're killing off victims one at a time. Right. Right. It's not this mass destruction. Yeah. There's an intimacy to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And even when you play horror video games, there's a reason why they're always slashers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's very rare. I have seen some true crime games and I've seen some psychological thriller games. Sure. But the fun ones are the slasher, which by the way, folks, if you haven't seen five night at five nights at Freddy's, is coming out as a film now. 
if you're into horror gaming. The last element that I'll talk about is it's sexually charged. And so there also lies that piece of intimacy. There is something inherently wrong about having a sexuality uh, that, uh, that somehow makes you immoral and makes you a target. And the killer oftentimes has suffered at the hands of either a babysitter or a caretaker mm-hmm. having sex while something happened to them. So what do they do? They go back and they start killing everybody who's having sex. It's evolved, you know, as we've moved into more modern slashers or like the neo slasher, like they were talking about in, you know, the early 2000s, we have seen some tropes change. Women, non-binary folks play much more of a significant role in either being the killer or not always dying or being humiliated. So we're seeing a little bit of a shift in that. But as far as the formula goes, as far as what it elicits in us, the slasher remains to this day the same thing. Yeah, they get very creative now. Everybody's trying to do a little something creative or find a new way. And, you know, the Scream was, of course, a good example of that in the 90s where they were taking the rules of the formula and making it something new and interesting and different. And I, we, you know, we all appreciate that. And they're always still trying to do that. And I, and I like that. I, I like the idea of the puzzle of the, of the writer and the filmmaker trying to use the genre rules. In other words, the rules of vampires, the rules of werewolves, all the rules of the mythology that, we as viewers will accept from you because there's a willing suspension of disbelief because it's, you know, it's crazy stuff. It's stuff that doesn't actually exist or, you know, slat people who serial murder don't exactly act like slashers. You know, they don't, it's, it's different. It's, it's hyped up. It's, it's, it's out of this world in many ways. It's very different in from reality. Like Kathy, what, what Kathy was talking about where it's like, it's, real enough to be scary because we hear these horrible stories, but it's so outrageous and elevated that you can relax and it's not real and it's not how humans interact. And I, but I also think it's great to take the rules of the genre and then try to find something new. That's what all filmmakers are trying to do. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. And I think that that is being successfully done as we watch horror evolve Um, And I also think that some of these films are going back and using a lot of what was done in the 80s because that was a time where, you know, there's a nostalgia to that, Mm -hmm. which people love. And then lastly, the the, something else I didn't mention is horror also allows itself to go into the supernatural. Mm -hmm. And it's not explicit. We don't say, you know, Michael Myers is a superhuman and he's probably not really 100% human and maybe there's evil, but it's implied. He does things that a human being could never do. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's cool because it's always really subtle. You know, it's not a sci fi, it's not an action film, it's horror, but that little bit of supernatural allows them to break some rules, right. allows the killers to be, you know, oh, how would that ever happen? Yeah. I've always liked how eventually Jason comes back as, you every know, a time. zombie. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> zombie Jason. <laughs> if you watch a, a, an action movie and someone does something really crazy. They're you know, hanging on to a helicopter mm-hmm. or whatever. You'll hear people be like, Oh, come on. He would, his hand would slip or whatever. You, it's less likely you'll hear someone say that in a horror film, just because if you are a horror fan, you know that 
these motherfuckers aren't human Mm-mm. and you let that happen and that's part of the fun is really that suspension of disbelief yeah that's, that's where your creativity do. can just go wild that's right so those are some of the things that really make horror stand out at least from our american sure slasher i love giallo for the re- and not all the stories are great but the italian gialli giallo films which have uh, a lot to do with how we got to where we are much of it is about the camera angles the bright red blood everything's very exaggerated very vibrant very intimate the music is really big and basically we just we are a um derivative of that Mm -hmm. so if you go back and you watch some giallo it's so over the top and crazy but in its own way i think it's brilliant yeah and i just want to share with you guys you know we're in our sixth season now at the beginning of our sixth season and when we first started so i think probably somewhere in the second season kathy and i had conversation about giallo and kathy just talked how about how much she hated it and how much how awful it was and how it was so misogynistic and you know we were all up in our feminist feathers about giallo and da 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 and it's just been really fun to watch over the course of these four or five years how both she and i and our horror tastes have shifted and changed and grown and we've learned so much because now she's like giallo is brilliant <laughs> And I love that. You have to give it credit. Whatever you think of it. Like, can I sit down and watch a whole day of Giallo? Fuck no. But I could look at it and go, that's how we got our slasher. Well, and it's like, oh, wait. It's literally the inception of my favorite genre. That's right. And I'm vilifying it. Wait, oh, hold on. Now I got to go watch some and figure it out. And that's what's so awesome about this journey for both of us is we've learned so much. And, you know, it's just cool. I think for me, why the slasher is also my favorite is because I believe it's the genre that brings horror fans together. Great. And I think it's the horror, the horror community is rooted in it, whether it's your favorite or it isn't. When you go to conferences, when you go to all the festivals, it's the slashers that are the people who are signing. Yeah, it's the absolutely. Yeah, it's the, the Mount, it's like the Mount Rushmore of horror, right? It's going to yeah. be like Jason and Michael and Freddie. And, yeah. You know, it's like. I've never seen another genre where women can age out and still have lines of people wanting their signature. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's wonderful. And I think that's where a lot of women in horror um, really got uh, power from taking. And Bar- Barbara Crampton, by the way, I think it's her that, you know, she was asked on, I think it's Into the Darkness, one of those, if she believed that by being a horror actor in at her time was misogynistic and all that. And she has this really great reframe around it. She's like, it was fucking empowering. She's like, I was the center of it all. Without me, there would be nothing. And using my femininity to to derail these guys. So she had she has this really great way of framing it, which I thought was awesome because she did a ton of slashers. Yeah. Um, same with Dee Wallace. So I have... My top five, which is really hard to choose because there are so many out there Mm -hmm. and there are many that I want to put on this list. But when I think about the ones that influenced me from either creep factor or just gave me more of an appreciation for the art or just to me were really important milestones. That's sort of how, why, why I made yeah, that makes sense. It did. So my first one is the 1974 black Christmas and anybody mm-hmm. who's watched this show for a number of seasons, that movie to this day, the, talk about atmosphere. That movie is all fucking atmosphere. Yeah. It's scary. It's terrifying. The remake is a joke, but the 1974 is really scary. Um, then we have to go with 1978 John Carpenter's Halloween. 
I mean, enough said. Yep. Taurus trap still scares the shit out of me. <laughs> and mannequins in general scare the shit out of me. But the deaths in that are very, very, very brutal and suffocating and terrifying. Scream. Yeah, scream. You've, oh, you've always talked about scream. And it's so, it's such a mile marker Yeah, in the slasher genre. And then my last one would be the first Giallo I ever saw. Thank you, Joe Bob Briggs. <laughs> and that's um, Dario Argento's Deep Red. Talk about an atmosphere and a score that is so well done. Yeah, it's on a lot of lists. It's a really, you know, if you want to dip your toe in and get a sense of what Giallo is, mm -hmm. you know, whether you like it or hate it or don't like it or find it boring or think it's fabulous, like it's, it's a it's representative. A great, yeah, it's a great starting point. Mm-hmm. What about you? Halloween's on there. Scream's on there. Mm -hmm. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> but I would, for me, and again, it's like depending on the day, right? But I would say in this moment in time, I would, uh, Candyman is a visceral memory mm, for me. That's a good one. Uh, from back in the day. Like I kind of went with ones that I kind of remember seeing yeah, and that's a big part of it imprinted on me in a bit. Cause yep. there's so many movies that don't Yep, Texas chainsaw massacre is definitely one that imprinted on me and was terrifying. And I still feel very ooky when mm. I watch it. Yeah. It doesn't terrify me anymore. It's a I'm, tough one still though, yeah, but it's a tough one. So TCM Halloween scream Candyman is definitely one of those, I liked the, you know, I liked uh, Jordan Peele's version of Candyman yeah, and I good. loved the original. So I'm, I'm a fan of that. And then I would add more recently, well, kind of recently, there's a French movie called High Tension. Oh, yeah. That is one of my very favorites because it's also complex uh, in the story. And then, but it's got a lot of gore and fun slasherness. And then I love the movie from 2011 called Your Next. That's a one, the, a oh. slasher that I really love. Again, a, a story, you're not sure what's going on, you know, red herrings. Like, there, it's just, it's really I good. And I've great kills. That. I gotta look that up. I'm and great kills. So th that would be my list today. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and obviously, like you said, I think uh, a lot of it comes from remembering how it made you feel. Yes. And like, I remember when I first saw High Tension and I remember when I first watched Your Next and I remember saying like, wow, okay, I love that, you know? Yeah. So I'm remembering those first instincts of when you go, yes, whatever it is, you yeah. know? And sometimes that's a popular opinion. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Thanks do we for want, sharing. Do we uh, want some facts? Yeah, let's do it. Why the hell not? We should give people their answers. I missed the beat. <laughs> I know you were talking. Okay. <laughs> so we just gutturally just, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, just spit out something. <laughs> Number one, this horror actor was also a Broadway star. When he hit the silver screen, he could not escape his most famous role. He passed away in 1992. I don't know. Heath Ledger? I, I don't really know. Anthony Perkins. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I actually don't know when either one of those people died, so... <laughs> Heath Ledger was like 2008. Okay. Yeah. I just remember that because I was in my, uh, I was in grad school. And he wasn't really a horror actor. No. So I was just throwing out a name. No, he couldn't get away from Psycho. He never, he, once he, he did all the stuff on Broadway and the second he became Norman Bates, that was it. 
And if you watch that movie now, because that could have made my favorite slasher oh, movie, such a for good, sure. It really is a good one. If you watch him, like you know, set aside the time frame and all of that that doesn't quite jive for you. But if you watch him throughout the whole movie, the acting is really. I mean, I thought he was just excellent in that role. I don't think he gets enough credit. My favorite scene in that movie isn't even a horror scene. It's when he's eating the candy corn and he's talking to the detective or Amazing. whatever. That whole scene and his everything, he's brilliant in that. And yes, we definitely need to mention Hitchcock's influence on Slasher, my God. Of course. Number two, which famous horror actor was associated with best-selling author Stephen King, who contributed to the success of his acting career by promoting his films on social media? I do not know. Bruce Campbell. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love the Bruce. I love me some Bruce. That's pretty cool, yeah. Number three, the Glasgow smile is the term assigned to wounds that are the result of two cuts connecting someone's ears to the corners of their mouth. Dubbed this term because of its prevalent use among Scottish gangs in the 1920s and 30s. And the Joker. And the Joker. (laughs) Which famous unsolved case made this mark infamous? I just want to say, first of all, that when Kathy said the marks from ear, she did a little hand gesture. Yeah, from from ear to. She needed me to know that it was right here from the size of your mouth to the ear. (laughs) <laughs> just just so you know it's here yeah uh that's the black dahlia that is the black dahlia <laughs> and i remember that from our, our uh, episode in the black dahlia okay number four if a human body is fed to the pigs they will devour everything except what okay so i have a few guesses I, of course at first i'm like the bones no the bones are the best part uh you know it was it's i kind of went for like Teeth, nails, hair, but I don't know. Teeth. Which, oh, okay. Teeth, yeah. There you go. They spit out the teeth. Yeah, those are the gross parts. Yeah. Well, and, you know, not crunchy in a good way. No, no. Number five, Dick Smith, the Oscar-winning makeup artist for The Exorcist, mentored this horror director. I do not know. Guillermo del Toro. Oh, giallo, giallo. Gialli. Okay. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Happy slasher. Happy Slasher Happy Slasher Friday. It's the right month for that shit. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Terror Talk. We very much appreciate you. Have a good day. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. <laughs>